He has 24 years of experience in developing complex software platforms and building top-notch engineering teams at highly successful startups and also world-class software companies. He worked as a vice president and head of engineering India at Aptus, which is a code-to-cash startup. He also worked at iCertis, a Seattle slash Pune-based startup as VP Engineering and managed iCertis products on Microsoft Azure Cloud. He worked at Ariba, which is now an SAP company, as Director of Engineering and managed engineering development for Upstream, which is related to sourcing, CLM, spend analysis, and also downstream aspects like procure-to-pay catalog products on Ariba Commercial Cloud. He also worked at Yahoo as part of their cloud platform group and manage YGO and video transcoding platform. So what gives him kick is to make a difference with huge impact to the society in the area of education or healthcare or just anything which could make sense to the world and make the world a better place for humanity. In today's episode, let's learn more about Nikesh Jain's journey in starting up his own venture, Edurigo and also get his insights on the least spoken topic, which is about career progression for middle-level leaders. Hello. Hi there. Welcome to the Guiding Voice podcast series. The Guiding Voice for a Better Future. This podcast is to help professional students, IT employees, and entrepreneurs to shape their careers. Dear listeners, in every episode, we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help our audience learn great things. This is your host, Navin Samala, and I have about 18 years of rich and diversified experience in the IT industry. So in case if you have tuned into our podcast for the first time, you have missed a lot of stuff, but don't worry. All our episodes are available on your favorite podcast listening platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, GeoSavan, Ghana.com, Spotify, Amazon Music, and also on YouTube. All you have to do is just search for The Guiding Voice and follow, like, or subscribe. Also, if you haven't rated our podcast on Apple, please provide your rating and leave a positive review because every rating and review will motivate us to bring in more and more useful content to you. Also, you will acquire more knowledge for every minute by listening or tuning into TGV than any other podcast in this space. That's a challenge from our side. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we are going to discuss a topic, career progression beyond director level. And we are pleased to have Nikesh, part of TGV's journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Nikesh, welcome to TGV. Thank you, Navin. Thanks for having me here. Very nice to meet you. Pleasure hosting you, Nikesh. And in fact, I really love the statement which you have mentioned. As long as even if one person is able to get influenced and if you are creating a positive impact in the society, that causes immense, immense satisfaction. So with that note, let's get into the conversation. Can we talk very briefly about your career journey? Especially, I would be interested if you could highlight top three milestones or key decisions that have helped you. Sure. So I started my career in 1996, graduated from Indore. Uh, one of the engineering colleges there. Everybody wanted to go to US that time. I was, I just followed the herd, went to US, uh, worked there in Silicon Valley Bay Area for about seven years. And the first decision milestone, I would say, was returning back to India. When I was earning a, a salary, which people dream of, my green card was under process, is about to come. And I left everything and decided to move back to India. I moved back to Bangalore. That was one decision. 
I joined Oracle. They relocated me, and then Bangalore Indian economy was booming that time, especially the software one, because a lot of companies were coming back, setting up their satellite offices or India Development Center, what we call them. So uh, I had an opportunity to grow with that growth, I would say. And then you know, I worked for companies like AOL, Yahoo, SAP. SAP, I worked couple of times first Ariba and then I went back to SAP from Yahoo and that's where the second decision came because I was a director engineering there at SAP you know they were paying me well they were treating me well SAP is a lovely company to work for and that's when this call came from Pune some company by name Isert is never heard of them and they wanted me to join uh, as a VP engineering. I refused that job offer three times. I mean, I did not even want to talk to them. And the person kept following up. And one day I said, yeah, fine, send me the JD. She sent me the JD. I looked at that. I looked at the founders and I, I felt like, you know, this is, this is an opportunity I cannot miss. I at least go, I should go and meet the founders. Parked my car at the airport, uh, took a flight, uh, went there, met a CEO and a CTO, both founders, and rest is history. I joined that company and I'm glad I joined that company. Isertis was, they had just secured three Series A, which was just $6 million funding, 30 people company, not, nobody knew them. They were, they were planning to compete with Aribas of the world. And I said, you know, they can't do that. But then, you know, I looked at the entire ecosystem and I felt like there's something, you know, to be very frank, I could see success written all over for some reason. It was a hunch or whatever you call it. And I worked there and I grew that company from uh, 30 people company to 250 people company, uh, just engineering. And then I said, it's a $6 billion company today. So, you know, so that's a huge, huge, and they have market customers like uh, you name it and they have it. So they are the market in the CLM space in that category that they are the market leader. So huge, huge respect for them. So that was the second decision which I took because suddenly it took me, uh, it took boost to my career from direct engineering to VP engineering and then growing with that startup and when you work for a startup which grows at that level you learn a lot obviously uh, the only challenge was you know I could not relocate my family to Pune so I was taking a flight every Friday which was difficult so two and a half years you know I decided to move back to Bangalore and that's when I joined Aptus worked there in Aptus for three years and then the last decision I decided to retire in retire in 2020 August and you know I left Aptus and declared my retirement literally that that was the third best decision I would say milestone decision I would say I took so that's my journey and then after that Edirigo happened as an accident to be very honest came out of passion just wanted to make a difference and you know it, it seems like all star aligned one day and destiny wanted me to open this company and that's when Edirigo started which is an edtech company but we are not typical at tech. We are very different. We have built a platform which I think is top-notch. Uh, it solves the problem in a very elegant way. And it is a progressive platform based on micro-learning, a lot of gamification. Idea is to make learning fun because 24 years I got bored learning the way corporates were learning, right? So just wanted to bring some fun to this. And that's where it is. And by the way, I you know, just wanted to disclose one more thing. I'm a, I'm a Ranji Trophy player. I used to play for Madhya Pradesh. I played with uh, players like Narin Hirwani, Amay Khurasiya. So that we'll hear a, a lot about cricket when I give examples. So that's why I wanted to disclose <laughs> that. That's a bonus fact that you have shared with me. I'm interacting with the first ever Ranji player on the TGV. Thanks for uh, really sharing that um, fact as well. Based on the answer that you have provided, like your journey seems to be quite unconventional like it's full of challenges that you have taken and I, I could see that you are passionate about taking up some bigger things and all so first of all leaving some lucrative job in the US at the time where the employees are making a lot of money and when the IT boom has actually started you return to India and from there you work with a big company like uh, 
SAP and joining a startup. And now last year you have retired and started your own venture. So this is quite an inspiring journey, Kesh, and I'm sure it's going to help people like me also dream big. All right, moving to the core of today's conversation, Nikesh. We come across many leaders like who are stuck at the mid-career level. So can you share your observations? Why it happens? So Naveen, you know, let's let's understand the problem first. And then I, I, I'm sharing this observation in terms of a problem or a problem statement so that a lot of people who are starting their career, they understand you know, what to expect after 15 years they can plan their career accordingly see we all in a very if you see the natural progression every organization is a pyramid we can have only one ceo and below that we can have few vps svps executives and then you have directors and that's called director and below senior manager manager that's the mid level and then the ground level we have all programmers like we all started our career like that now the challenge is like when you're growing when you're going up the ladder not everybody can become a manager because for 10 people there is only one manager required typically speaking right same applies to when you go to senior senior manager so that pyramid the width of the pyramid is decreasing obviously now in it now so there are two kind of companies in software primarily one is the typical it companies it consulting services companies like tcs of the world infosys of the world there you know the only concept which works is you are believable or you are unbelievable it's a crude way to put it but that's the fact i mean we all need to accept that right and, and that's why they are in the business so you, you know if everybody who becomes a manager till the time you are coding you are believable to the client and then you are adding to the you know top line and bottom line but when you become a manager then you are an overhead I mean, again, I'm putting things in a very crude way, but, you know, I, I want to be as transparent as possible. And this this was told to me by a, a CEO of a big IT company. Uh, I happened to work with him once uh, for a few years. I can't disclose the name, of course. So he told me that for an IT company to be services company to be successful, pyramid is really, really critical. So they need to figure out when to move people out, out of that pyramid to maintain the margin, right? So that's where you need to be very careful. And that's where the challenge is that, you know, you can become a manager easily. You can become a senior manager easily. You can become a director or, you know, typically a director level person is called delivery manager there. But you don't require hundreds of delivery manager. You can have only one or two or few. What about the others who started at the same level? So that's the challenge. This is one observation on the IT side, although I haven't worked in services company, you know, you know maybe just a year. Let, then the second is, let's talk about these product companies. Product companies and the captive companies uh, like SAPs of the world, Oracle of the world, or uh, HSBC, the banks and all that, who have Wells Fargo, who have big, big captive houses here. See, these companies are all headquartered in somewhere else, primarily in the US. When they did not have an India development center, what they were doing to reduce the cost, they were going to all these IT companies, right? And IT companies were, of course, charging them whatever they could charge. Now, these people are smart. They figured out that you know, why to pay $8,000 per month or $10,000 per month for a resource which they can get in India for one-fourth of cost probably. They decided that you know anyway we are getting the guy from you know services company in India only. Why don't we open our own center? And that's where that boom started. Oracle was the first one probably Oracle and Simmons. They started in 90s. But then after that beyond, beyond 2000 companies, everybody started opening their centers here. Now again the challenge is they hired a lot of people. But now, when these people started growing, the challenge came, not everybody can become a manager, right? Not everybody can become a senior, same pyramid problem because pyramid works there as well. Now, there the challenge was bigger because the decision makers were there. A manager, basically, you know, he would just hire 10 people in India and manage from US. He would become a director, but he can't give the director position here because he will lose his job, correct? So there the challenge is actually much bigger. So, you know, my experience is primarily in that, that glass ceiling is much harder to break in product companies. Once you become director, you can count number of directors on your finger in a company. 
literally i'll give you an example there is a real example and i talked to the gm of that company so you know this company had 12 has 1200 people this data is 6 months old may not be valid uh, at this point of time but still this company is nasdaq credit company it was a startup then went public they have total 1600 people 1200 in us they have a headquarter in bay area and then they have india offices one in hyderabad where you are right now one in pune now in us for 1200 people they have 77 vp and above positions 77 all right for 1200 people in india they have 400 people how, guess how many vps are there can you pick a number uh, maybe two or three one oh my god this guy is head of india gm vp whatever you want to call him so he, for 400 people they have one vp now if i just simply go by ratio 1200 you have 77 let's make it 75 So for one third of it, you should have one third of this also here. Seventy-five divided by three is twenty-five. You should have at least twenty-five. If not twenty-five, maybe ten, maybe fifteen. Do I see so many VPs in India? No, I don't. In my lifetime, I don't. So that's a genuine problem. Now you know, so the growth will be very slow. Even if you become a director, becoming a VP in India, it's a challenge, especially in product companies. So that's my observation, and I hope using that observation, people can plan their career, and we'll discuss, of course, you know, how to solve this or what are the solutions if, if there are any. This is a staggering number, actually. Like four hundred is to one versus twelve hundred is to seventy-seven. And uh, thank you for being so candid. I think a lot of insights, especially from the management side, and you have rightly touched upon, especially when it comes to these layoffs or some repurposing of the talent exercise and all. First thing that they look at is billable versus non-billable, and that's why we see many of the major consulting firms they laying off the middle management quite often. Right. So can I can I share one thing and which is which is real? I was at Yahoo. I worked for Yahoo for Yahoo, such a big company, right? And yeah. Yahoo is one company where in a headquarter in India, we were more or less same. One company. That's why I loved working there. I was a senior manager. And one point of time before Marisa Mayer, the uh, one CEO came. I can't remember his name. I think Steve or Smith or something like that. He was there for short duration though. He did two things. He said there is no QA required. So he instructed all all of us to convert those QA to developers. They said. You write the software, you test it. That was one thing. Second thing he said, which was he said, I am removing entire middle management. In as many words, it said, if you are a manager or a senior manager, your job is there for next six months. That's it. Figure out. Now think about a situation for a person like me, right? I am a senior manager and I know my job will go. That's where you need to figure out how to plan your career, and we'll 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 discuss that. I just shared this example so that people know how scary it is to be in that layer. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I think it is always better to be on the technical side. At least if we learn these technologies from time to time and all, that might help. But yeah, probably I, I would switch the gears and talk about the other aspect of this particular topic. See, so far we have seen from the management side and from the organization perspective, but from the middle managers themselves, people who are at manager, senior manager, up to director level. What kind of mistakes are these people making not to be able to climb up or break that particular glass ceiling? I think mistake is a harsh word. For, for first thing, first thing that the challenge itself is like, and I told you, it's a natural problem. In the journey of your career, you have to cross that uh, whatever you want to call it, like that hump barrier. you have to cross, barrier, barrier you have to cross, right? That barrier comes, you know, once you. take a particular decision and become a manager and after that from manager to senior manager to director to senior director that's a risky journey but you everybody has to cross it because that's the only way to reach to the next side you know one thing which these in the middle management let's use mistake word like we get into the comfort zone like become a manager is like it satisfy your ego i manage people now people report into me i can order and all those kind of things it happens in the natural way and then we lose that uh, touch to technology 
that's one problem and then we sort of become become people manager we get into other things if you stay in that zone for 2 3 years it's very easy to get into that comfort zone and then you forget that software is changing at a very fast pace you become rusty very soon so you know moment you become rusty then you are not adding that incremental value in that zone either you sort of grow and if you are not able to grow then you give side you know you just stay on the side and the side is basically you know you just go out of the system so that, that's the risk you are playing at becoming complacent on getting into that comfort zone and not keeping up with the technology at times is a problem so i think you know that's where middle management have to be very careful about and then of course you now as i said you know you need to keep it's a glass ceiling so you need to keep pushing that glass ceiling in the right way and the only way to push it like with your skill and that skill is you have to be technically apt you need to communicate well you need to manage your people well and all that basically at the end of the day if you are adding value to the organization then you will be able to break that ceiling it's at some point of time you will you will be able to break it so don't get into that comfort zone this is something like eye opening definitely i see a lot of value add in this conversation the kind of facts that you have brought to the table don't be in the comfort zone do not lose touch with the technology the moment you become rusty you are making yourself vulnerable push the glass ceiling the right way to break it thank you so yeah. much for those amazing insights uh, nikesh nikesh now let's talk about the solution part what should organizations do differently to provide some opportunities maybe with a right intent not sure. forgetting about the <laughs> revenues margins part of it and because these are the guys who have been part of their journey yeah uh, absolutely so so navin i think the solution is very simple actually in my mind honestly mm-hmm. speaking i think you know that the mindset has to be changed and organization has to do that and it has happened in us and i'll g- give you two example using those example i'll try to uh, answer this question what should organization do uh, and then what should people also do we'll talk about that as well i was in us this is back in uh, 2000 time frame 2003 i remember i was working for this startup again we sold this startup to a public uh, publicly traded company uh, in bay area I, and then for a workflow system written in c++ so there was a guy by name larry i forget his second name he was 55 year old guy 55 year old guy he was retiring from that company and he was writing code at the age of 55 and i was the one who took the kt from him in a month's time he offloaded all his knowledge and that code and that engine basically to me i took the kt from him because he was retiring right now at the last working day he was sharing his code with me you get the point at the age of 55 and he retired right so in us that was happening in 2000 so there were people who were doing that i will give you another example on the other side of the world because the way i think india grew i think uh, it, it's all natural though i'm not complaining or i'm not saying this is this is it's all natural progression in one of the companies i was a manager senior manager there one of the guys who was 8 to 9 years of experience he was my principal architect not principal sorry principal engineer came to me one day and he said nikesh i need to grow to a manager and i said why why do you want to become a manager You're such a high tech guy i mean doing great things and why do you want to become a manager said no there's a lot of social pressure you know my uncle aunts when they come they say what what are you principal here what is that you're not a manager you're not managing people you're not even a lead so think about the pressure that think about the reason that guy is coming coming to me to get promoted or you know it was not even a promotion it was a lateral move for him in that company principal engineer is equivalent to manager so he was my peer in that way I told him dude don't do that it's not necessary that you'd become a manager you are good at technology stay there and my message to these people is like you know stay with technology for as long as you can moving from a technical ladder to a managerial ladder is piece of cake if you are a you know distinguished engineer or you are a principal architect in some company any day you to go and tell them you want to become a vp 
they will with folded head they will make you a vp for vp you need certain qualities and all that thing but when you grow to a principal technical ladder you grab those things the soft skills and whatever communication skills you require to you know because you are not managing people directly but you are impacting so many people people respect you for your technical skills so moving from that technical ladder to this side is very easy so coming back to your question organizations they should promote that culture you know you should not become a manager very soon no need to become a manager provide them the technical ladder you know which is very strong every function basically whether you are in support whether the whether you are in development whether you are in qa the technical ladder is there and it should be seen as like you know respected thing so think about it like if all we need today if you see the software industry everybody is having five jobs you go in the market and you have five jobs why can't some of this manager can take those jobs and write code and become you know principal engineer or senior software engineer or whatever right because those jobs are to be taken by somebody the manager was writing code at some point of time so i think the way we should groom our freshers that do not try to become a manager very soon stay with the technical ladder keep coding be good at whatever you are doing and then even you know if uh, people are becoming managers and all uh, an organization should make sure they are very technical so senior manager to me is an architect honestly speaking he should be able to identify the architect or talk to find flaws in the design and all that's the only way you can manage because you are not managing people you are managing a software so that's what organization do it's a cultural shift which we need which was there in us i gave you that ladies example we need to bring that in india and it's coming I know somebody who is who has 25 years experience in one of the companies he worked with me and he is still coding. So there are people like that in India also. I'll also share my experience when I worked with uh, General Electric. I spent there for good uh, 11 years there, and I've seen many of our US uh, counterparts spending 30, 35 years in the same mainframes and all, and they were happy with that kind of position. Like That's of course okay. they reached up to that manager level and from there. But as you mentioned. they were more like a, though the role says as senior manager but they were more like architect of that particular system they know in and out of it and they Absolutely. become linchpin if you become linchpin of the organization nobody can remove you right yeah yeah great absolutely yeah so uh, you you spoke about this uh, grooming the freshers not to get into this leadership role and all and now i would like to dive deep into that so if at all freshers right normally what happens is they get into the organization they get one two years experience just to get a glimpse of how the corporate life looks into and then get into mba kind of thing or ms kind of thing and many a times these days it is mba and what they want is they soon after completing mba they want a manager or assist, sorry assistant manager or a deputy manager kind of role so what would be your advice to the engineering grads okay who have this kind of mindset where in work for two years get mba get into that management ladder that's the worst thing. thing you worst thing you can do to your career you know you have wasted 4 years of engineering because you know you wanted to do an mba i mean this has been said in a lot of movies also so i'm just sort of repeating from there that's a bad combination you should do an mba but you know not after 2 years 3 years you can do an mba after 10 years also uh, once you understand that world and you know once you figure out that what you want to do you know what to be very frank when you graduate from college most of the time you don't don't know what you want to do honestly speaking we all feel like you know i got into engineering i knew i what i wanted to do 80% of the cases we don't i was figuring out my career for the past 2 3 years honestly you know and that hasn't changed i believe i think we should all if you have done the engineering get into a job for some time doing ms is okay doing phd is okay i mean that we are talking about you know going deep into the same stream which is fine if you wanted to become a manager then you should have done an mba bba plus that with an mba or you know something like that then it makes sense so that's one advice i would give to people like don't get into this kind of khichdi 
very early in, in, in your career the yeah, same is the case with those who want to get into the civil services they do this engineering that too from a reputed colleges and then finally get into upsc and all for upsc normally even a regular non professional degree would work right because here i'm talking about the opportunity lost to a person who might have got one rank below this person because of which he was forced to get into something which is not so fascinating and all and think about how much how much you know the person who did not after putting all the hard work did not get into the college how much pressure he would have got into after this how much depression and all that right so basically you are right you know it's an opportunity loss for somebody else so you better be careful with your decisions because your decisions are not your decisions alone i mean they are impacting somebody else as well great i think this has been fantastic conversation so far now let me uh, switch gears and talk about the young employees how can these young employees be very proactive especially the first 3 to 5 years team what are certain things they need to focus on to have a long lasting career because one thing which i would like to bring to the table is we are talking about the gig economy like because of the huge success of this hybrid working model since pandemic has proven that any anybody can work from anywhere and all you don't need permanent employees as such in future that's my anticipation right keeping in view of all these things how can the young uh, professionals be proactive we are talking about software only right or you yes uh, yes yes so if, mainly if you, mainly software we will just focus on that because that's the only thing i know so if you, if you are somebody who has got into software uh, i'm hoping that you knew why you got into that it's informed decision you have taken so once you get into software it's an ocean it's an ocean in one lifetime you cannot learn everything you cannot period so what do you need to do figure out a first two three years it's okay to figure out what you want to do you want to get into services or you want to do product development whatever you want to do figure that out one thing stay technical this is one message in as many words if you want to bold it underline it i'll say 100 times please 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 stay technical as a vp engineering trust me i could look at the code I could look at the schema and i can tell you that it is a schema the way the table uh, these tables are designed or schema is designed you will get into performance problems and i recently in adirigo i solved a performance problem which was a serious problem for us staying technical is very important at any stage of your life and, and again i keep getting that into the larry's example like larry you have to keep writing code any at any day if you can fold your sleeve and write a line of code nobody can touch you as simple as that so as a youngster when you start do not get attracted by this manager that you become a manager you will manage people you want to become a vp we are nobody trust me we are the most vulnerable people in the organization if i, I may say so right if you are technical then basically you have a life then you can command things and as i said you can grow it typically around 8 years of experience you have to decide whether or no there will be a lot of pressure on you that hey can you become a manager can you start managing this and you get into the trap because you know, at that point of time there was a vacuum and you know somebody wanted to fill it now you got into that trap you know although you did not want it but then stay like an architect you can manage people but still behave like an architect for whatever time you can at some point of time i understand you will lose your touch it's natural again but there also i have seen again uh, going back to yahoo i know a vp engineering he i won't name him he is in the one of the biggest organization in bangalore you know he's a cto now that guy was taking mathematics course when he was vp engineering he was learning math maths because he wanted to get into ai and all that he wanted to understand those things at vp engineering he was taking a course which which require him to spend a lot of time so that's what he was doing to upskill him so at every point of time you have to upskill you know it's an ocean good news everything is available on internet you start i started with fortran today if i tell somebody fortran you know people wouldn't even know what it is what i'm talking about java i learned in my first job and you know i started with java version i don't know point something and today i don't know java which version of java we are talking about and two worlds are totally different angular 
you if, if you have written angular 1 code 1.0 code by the time 3.0 come you know people used to tell me nikesh you know we have to rewrite the entire code because there is no relation between these two these are two different languages so technology is changing so fast so you have to upskill yourself long answer but stay technical that's the mantra i think being technical will make you less vulnerable that's the summary of your answer thank yes. you and you also made me nostalgic by going back to this fortran days i heard about fortran <laughs> it stands for formula translation <laughs> i don't remember the, don't remember the, yeah but i know i i wrote i entire engineering you know we were just dealing with fortran and one other thing is like fox pro like this was taught in the institutes That when was i was in my... that, that was the only thing was fox yeah. pro fox basic and this was another language pascal i wrote my right. i wrote some nice code and the floppy drives yeah it's yeah. forget them and i used to carry a floppy drive you know which i don't know how many inches but and then when that floppy drive became a smaller one we were so happy man such a big progression the computer was 8808628636 and all that today what we are talking about this is a different world today we are not even talking about storage everything is in cloud <laughs> I'll, i'll talk about floppy like i took my third year um, engineering project there was a mini project kind of thing and it was supposed to be carried in the floppy and floppies were very risky you you know right you cannot yeah. predict whether they'll work or not by the time exactly. you got it there was no code <laughs> and you couldn't say that my homework was written by by, by a dog <laughs> that's the end of floppy <laughs> so fantastic conversation super nikesh let's add more spice to the episode i would like to ask you a few interesting rapid fire questions wherein you can answer in two okay. to three words or one phrase are you ready okay well i'll give it a shot you'll make it for sure <laughs> thank you All for right. the spirit Let me fire the first bullet out of the rapid fire. I would say, which three words describe Nikesh? Frank, blunt, and hardworking. I think uh, we go hand in hand. I am almost the same. A lot of similarities. All right. So moving on to my second bullet. What is your favorite failure? Okay. So failure. So that that word actually, you know, somehow. So can I answer it a little differently if you don't mind? Yeah, yeah. It's it's okay. Absolutely. There, there are three words, Naveen. I don't. I have removed them from my dictionary. Success, failure, and regret. i just don't use this words in my life right and i there there is a reason because you know failure let's talk about that like the failure happens when you try something and if you have tried for something if you tried something you learn you don't failure in what you expected certain thing it did not happen but you learned now as long as learning is happening how can we call it a failure you get that right so similarly success like what is success i don't know i mean i mean you know beyond a point uh, success is relative is subjective so i don't use that word am i successful i don't know honestly speaking right and the regret so whenever you regret something you regret something which happened in past well if you are regretting that you are living in past move on regret means it was a failure in, in in the normal definition move on so i don't regret anything it was an experience you learn something let's move on let's not repeat that so sorry you know i'm not answering your question but differently no no i i simply loved it thank you i think this is something everybody should keep in their mind remove these three words because success as you said right once we reach certain level let's assume manager level what next maybe if i reach senior manager in one year that might be a success for you and for those around you but after that again you start working director after director again vp whatever no just never <laughs> participate one message if i can give any uh, everybody do not get into this rat race uh, you know it will it will cause depression at some point of time because you know you will compare yourself and then when you whenever you compare you know samne wale ki cheez hamesha badi hoti hai there is always somebody who is bigger than you right yeah, yeah. and we forget to see there are thousands who are not as fortunate as you are behind you so you know, never compare you know you you are what you are that's it perfect that's a lovely example yeah moving on with my next question out of the rapid fire 
What's your favorite movie dialogue, Nikesh? See, I'm a big Amitabh Bachchan fan, so that has to be from one of those movies. One dialogue, I'd use two actually. You know, I use it very often in a, in a joking way that uh, from Shole, Surma Bhopali, Mia, आपका हैदराबाद का है. Mia, दो रुपए में jungle खरीदोगे क्या? या jungle खरीदने आए हो दो रुपए में? So that's very famous. Whenever and I use it very often jokingly with people, right? The second one is the Amitabh Bachchan Kaliyas, I think, uh, which is जहाँ हम खड़े हो जाते हैं, line वहीं से शुरू होती है. Something like, I love that one. His attitude. <laughs> I, I love that. I think we can translate it for the global audience. So first one is like you cannot buy a forest with two rupees, and second one is our, our line begins from where I stand. Wherever I stand, <laughs> the life starts from there. Stay, stay behind me. That's a rude way to say it, but you know I'm just. it's a dialogue guys so you know don't 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 attach that with my personality okay no no absolutely <laughs> this is something that's why we have framed it what's your favorite movie dialogue not what yeah. you stand by all right so moving on to the next question so what has been a question on your mind for which you never got an answer for that's a difficult one navin never got an answer for okay so maybe maybe i'll just relate to attack uh, you, you know i always wonder it's been 70 years of independence we still not able to provide education to everybody and that bothers me honestly speaking and by the way you know this is the first time i'm telling this on any public forum i went to a government school i'm from a very humble background my parent couldn't afford a private school for me those days so they put me in a government school in lahore right it was a great school actually but you know and i worked with a lot of government schools during my volunteering days with ngos and i still feel it bothers me that you know we are not able to provide education to all these underprivileged kids for whatever reasons right quality education when i say education is not 2 plus 2 is 4 and then you know this sanskar the values for which india was famous for 2000 years ago 1000 years ago those values we have lost somewhere so that something bothers me and that's the you know somebody can explain me why i would be grateful just to add to that uh, company edirigo is one small effort towards that that's why i started such a noble cause actually i'm i'm sure it is going to benefit the community at large and to add to your point when it comes to the education the holistic education is missing it's all being taught to secure grades and after that maybe get into iit after iit someone is leaving the country or getting into some job but what is it they are giving back because country spends a lot of money on these iits and all so i'm going to write a post i've been thinking of that you know what how much education what was my fees school fee 42 rupees per year that include two meals now that was the, the cost was definitely more than that who was paying for that the taxpayer 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 my engineering college total fee was maybe 2500 rupees total four years 2500 you convert it in dollars for our global audience it's like hardly you know less than 100 50 dollar in today's rate that was my cost of four four year engineering who was paying for that taxpayers now if i take that education and then take book a flight go to us and then settle down there with all due respect lot of my friends are there but what have we given back at least pay the fee back correct at least we yeah. can we, we could do that so i think you know we we have some fundamental problems we need to fix that uh, in education and i think i hope someday either people will realize or system will realize fantastic i resonate with you completely concur with you so with that let me move on to the last one for the rapid fire so nikesh what will be the message that you will give to your own younger version my own younger version so take care of your health please take care of your health sleep by midnight 
and, and by the way, so I do. I can't give. I can't go back in time and give give their advice to myself. But I use this opportunity to give this advice to my daughter, who is like me. She's in a college right now in New York, and she is like owl. Of course, during pandemic, she had her classes, so she had to attend a class in, from Bangalore at 3 a.m. in the morning. Obviously, so that time it's okay. But that has become a habit, and I keep telling her that you know you got to sleep at a reasonable time, right? You know. Now, if not 11 p.m. by by midnight, so when you don't do that, you your health will get impacted whether you like it or not. You might say, "Hey, I'm all good. I sleep eight hours. Doesn't matter." So if you don't have that cycle, it's a problem. So take care of health. That one advice I would give to myself. That's so profound. And thank you for the amazing rapid fire. We started with your personal attributes of being frank, blunt, and hardworking. removing three words success failure and regret and we spoke about your favorite dialogues and also some eye opening insights on the education part so thank you so much for being so candid in the rapid fire with that let me flip back to the mainstream and ask you one final question for this session so nikesh what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers it's another difficult one what do i say okay so i will i'll just get something from my character be optimistic always see it's optimism is not a choice it's a necessity you know a battle is won in your mind before you really win it remember this so if you remember this then most of the time you, you know a normal normal language what we call failure it happens because you know you gave up too early right so never give up you know be positive be optimistic and then you know things will happen life is a journey life is not a destination it's a journey enjoy it such a profound set of thoughts so nikesh thank you again for being part of tgv's journey thank you so much for all the wonderful insights and in fact you have covered a lot of topics beyond the core which was about career progression beyond middle managers and really loved your honesty and candidness thank you so much again for being part of our journey thank you navin thank you so much for having me here i enjoyed this conversation pleasure hosting you nikesh thank you so before we move into the trivia section dear audience here is a request to you If you have loved this episode and found it useful, please share it with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from this show. The more you share, the wider we reach, and we will get closer to our mission of reaching millions across the globe. So thank you so much in advance. All right, now let's move into the trivia segment of today's episode. And today's trivia is about social media platforms. Here comes my question. So which website? Amongst Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and others, particular website has a feature of repinning. I'm sure you must be thinking, but let me tell you the answer as per the ritual. It is the Pinterest has a repinning feature wherein if someone publishes a pin or posts a pin, it can be repinned against your profile. Interesting, isn't it? Thank you so much for listening. There is more in store, folks. Stay tuned. Take care. Be safe. Until next time. Bye bye. And we are signing off for today. See you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest. Thank you.